Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so happy that you're here with us. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. I'm Allie. We're so glad that you're here listening with us as we continue to have just really awesome conversations with um, different people on our team and different wonderful guests. Um, Like today, we have Cassandra back with me on the team. Hey, Cassandra. Hi. And we also have Natalie Blackford, who you've met probably before on our podcast. Welcome back, Natalie. Yes, thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, so I guess Cassandra and you had had spoken previously about your involvement with a program called Safe Families. And Cassandra thought it would be an awesome thing to have you on the podcast for November. It's National Adoption Month. And while this isn't like directly adoption, it is a related topic. So Cassandra, I'll let you kind of share what you know about this to begin with and what you thought about talking with Natalie about today. Yeah. So I think this is Natalie's third time on the podcast. Cause I know we had you on to talk about going through this as a member of an, of um, a military family. And you were just sharing about this program, save families for children. So we really wanted to bring you back on to kind of find out more about it because as we know, there are just infinite ways to live out this call to fruitfulness, but a lot of the times it can seem so intimidating and complicated when we think about like adoption or becoming a foster parent, or maybe maybe we're not called to that. As we know, not all of us are called to that. None of the people on this call um, or on this podcast, I should say, <laughs> to keep using the word call so many times it's going to get confusing. <laughs> but none of the people on this podcast today have actually, you know, adopted. So that's not necessarily the direction we're going. What we want to know about is this um, beautiful option to open the home and to exercise that gift of hospitality uh, to children who are in need without kind of having to dive all the way into the foster care system and all of that entails. And we'll be talking about those uh, in the future, I'm sure. But Natalie, we would just love to hear more about this program and about the children you've welcomed into your home so far. Yes, yes. I'm so happy to share about it. So the mission of Safe Families is to provide a home, a safe home to vulnerable children, and really to support the families through the community. And so what it is, there are chapters all over the U.S. They are a nonprofit. Uh, They are a branch of DCF, Department of Children and Families. So you will see chapters all over And the reason my husband and I, we got involved with this, so we have one daughter, you know, we're going through our own fertility journey, been trying over five years to for our um, number two, baby number two. And we just kind of found ourselves kind of in a place where we're like, okay, obviously we're desiring more children and we're called to be fruitful as a spouse. And so we just felt the desire to, uh, you know, we, we always thought about fostering, but again, kind of intimidating, but we did start going through that process. And foster care definitely has higher standards, like just, and there were some things about it that just um, with our faith that we just didn't want to compromise. There was just um, just some something there that we just didn't feel comfortable with. So when we started praying, we, um, yeah, we were just really confused because we're like, God, we thought you were calling us to foster. We got really far in the process and just Mm -hmm. hit that little bump. 
and kind of took a break from it and just kind of started talking to friends. And a friend told us about safe families, never heard about them before. And so we found a chapter that was like next door to us and very much in need of different volunteers. And so what's cool about safe families, they are Christian based nonprofit, which is awesome. But their main, so they do three things. So number one, keeping children safe during a family crisis. So they support local families, a lot, like 80% of them are homeless single moms that have, you know, kids. And so they might not have a home. They call the Office of Safe Families and, you know, apply to have help. And so um, we have volunteers who help welcome the children in the home from like, one day to three months. That's usually the amount of time. So they do that. But there's also other volunteer opportunities to provide meals to uh, hosting families. Um, There's other is just the um, respite care, I believe it's called. But it's just like where you would help one of the hosting families if they need like two hours, or just overnight, you can help in that way. And then, um, so really supporting them, the families. um, And the number three is reuniting families. So um, they will always be reunited to the mom, obviously, as as long as it's a safe situation. So the thing with, say, families foster, the kids are already in a abusive state, right? Like that's why. But with, say, families, they help families before they get to that point. And so they have not been... um, that we know of, they haven't been like physically abused. And so it's before it hits that point, either the mom, you know, homeless or in the hospital. Um, she doesn't have any other family in town that are maybe safe to keep mm-hmm. the kids. So that's where safe families comes in. That's so great. I love what you're saying too, about how there there's this kind of spectrum of different ways to participate. Because I know for my husband and I, There have been a lot of times in life where we couldn't even think about kind of diving into one of these bigger situations. But if you still feel called to help, to know that there are ways that you can do that to help support these kids. um, Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, I know we were talking about um, just the commitment. I think that that is one thing when we think of like what is keeping people from you know, adopting or fostering. I mean, one of the big things, obviously fear, you know, um, which we know fear is not from God, you know, so kind of working through those hurdles or working through two spouses, you know, agreeing. But another big thing is commitment. And I know I can be so vulnerable to say, like, I struggle with that, with anything that is like demands a commitment because you don't want to fall through. But with this, it's so awesome because it really, it is I don't want to say easy. I'm trying to think of the right word, but it is very, um, as far as just jumping through the hoop, it's definitely reachable and aligns with the faith for me, for us. And it was just a really good experience to meet just like godly people who work in this place. And it was just really, really good. The experience was good. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I feel like it really gives you an idea of how it would be to adopt. You know, you get, it's kind of a nice step that if anyone would like, you know, maybe future, future considering it gives you kind of a small taste of 
what kids go through and because they're still going through, even if they haven't been abused, they're like still like they're homeless or, you know, still going through trauma. So it really gives you an idea of how how it would be. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is um, because it's I think easy to like come up with ideas in our head for what something would be like. I know I do this Mm. with a lot of things and I just I'm like, oh, it would be this way. And I imagine this whole scenario. So I love that this opportunity, like like you said, just gives you sort of an idea for what sort of situations, you know, how you and your spouse might even go through something like this, what it would be like. And um, yeah, it's just seems very approachable in that way. So that's awesome. And also what you said about your faith. I hadn't even considered that, that that might be something difficult with fostering through the state where you're asked to sort of like put certain aspects of your faith or or maybe not take children to church, things like that. I'm not familiar with all the specifications there, but it's Mm -hmm. nice to know that there's other ways of going about this through a Christian organization. Right. Um, So, so what has your, like, I guess more specifically your experience um, been like, is this something that you've done? I know you and your family, you haven't moved a whole lot right through the military, but no, not too much. Okay. So is it something that you've done in a, in one location then? Um, yes. So yeah, we've only been with safe family. I would say six months, six. Yeah. Just, just around six months. So we've been able to take care of, we took care our first little sibling, I have to tell you, it was so interesting, but it was definitely our most challenging out of the three, four we've taken care of. Um, so it was interesting because <laughs> I'm like, wow, Lord, you could have given us like the easier ones. But yeah, <laughs> they it was extremely, extremely challenging um, just with like some of the, the things going on. But like the third one, the fourth we took care of, I mean, every, all, each child has their own little personality, but yeah, yeah. But it was, um, it was definitely challenging, but it taught me a lot. I feel like I learned how to manage it. I think that's a big thing. And so they teach you like how to manage, um, it. And it was, it was really like, I mean, it was just once you could get through that, uh, kind of learn those tips, then it was helpful. I mean, I even use it with the neighborhood kids when they come. I'm like able to use some of the things that I've learned um, and know about children to kind of create a more peaceful atmosphere, if that makes sense. So, so it sounds like there's training and and support. Is that yes. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So you do go through training and it's online. So you could pick if like in person or online. So we went through different training of like, you know, what these kids have gone through, uh, what else? And just kind of like some stories, you know, the the stories, the impact re- when you see like the kids reunited to the mom. And that's always just so beautiful, like when they're reunited and uh, and just kind of how to approach it, how, like, you know, kids who have gone through trauma, how to help, um, how to help them. So, Natalie, what has this been like for your daughter? Because I know there are a lot of families in our community that are dealing with secondary infertility. And I imagine, you know, bringing these children into the home has probably had a, a significant impact on her. And what what is that like? What's that been like for her when they come and when they go? That's a great question. I am so glad you asked that. So 
Really, she was so excited. So the initial before of just talking about it with her, uh, because of course, she's always wanted a little sibling. And um, my daughter is seven. So She's definitely at the age of understanding everything and asking, like, why don't we have a sibling yet? Um, You know, and we talk to her like we're waiting on God's time, but that's really hard. So when she knew we were going to kind of like foster in a way of like just temporarily keeping the kiddos with safe family, she was so excited. Literally, like every night would ask, when are they coming? Can I see pictures of them? I had the host families. Yeah, I had them send pictures. So before we could just pray for the kids and look at the kids, how they look like. And then when we first had gotten them, you know, they're very shy at first. And sometimes they cry for like 15 minutes and then they're okay in the car. And then Gianna's kind of shy. Like she didn't go right into hugging them. I feel like, but that's a little bit of her personality going into stuff. Like she's going to kind of observe. Um, and then once they got to playing, she went right into like, look at my toys, let's play, let's run around. And she was really helpful. And really, like it actually brought us so much joy, because I was able to see things that I wouldn't have been able to see. Like if we didn't have kids overnight for several days, I wouldn't have been able to see how caring she is with the kids. And you know, how, uh, just her love, like seeing, because our big thing as a family is to love God and love others. And so you can't do that if we're not in the community acting it out. Like that's the, you know, we can talk about the gospel, but are we acting it out? And that's so important for our family is service. So it like, literally, it just makes me all feel like it just thinking, saying this again of like, sharing it because I feel like that was our purpose was like to live out the gospel, to serve the most vulnerable and provide them like a safe home. And so that in that way, I can't even, um, it's hard to put into words how much peace we felt because it's like you are serving a human with a soul, you know, it's just, and, and this human that is hurt, you know? So it's just beautiful in that way. And it was really cool to have her help. And so it was really, really good for us. I feel like the only challenging part was when we had to say bye. And I'm sure maybe if you can relate out there, I feel like that's a big fear of a lot of people going through any secondary fertility things uh, because, you know, they feel really sorry if their sibling has or their child has to say bye. But Yes, it was so hard and having to do that a lot. And you don't, you might not see the child anymore because they return to the parent. But I feel like this is so good for our children to see. I feel like it's so important that our children see the reality um, that God gives and takes away. Like God, you know, that I don't just to like you know, it's okay if our kids are sad. Sometimes as parents, we want to protect our kids um, from everything, but it's okay. They're going to cry. They're going to be sad that the child is gone, but they, this is like so beautiful to live. It almost reminds me like a mission trip when you go to like um, Africa or Belize or somewhere in the States and you help kids but then you're going to have to say bye to them. You don't stay there. And I feel like you bring the mission trip to your home. I feel like that's the best way to describe. And it's messy. It is so messy. Um, There's tantrums, but 
I feel like really when you're doing God's will, sometimes it's going to be messy, but you're going to have a peace. And that's what I felt. I felt like literally like a peace um, through it, through it all. So it was good. Like she was really sad for a few days and then she was fine because, you know, we kind of talked it out. And I think that's the biggest thing is just preparing them. Like, this is okay. Like, this is what God's calling us to do. We're going to cry. We're going to be sad. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of part of it. <laughs> that's beautiful. And just thinking about like the long-term beautiful impact that will have on her life. Like I just, yes, it's really beautiful. Right. I know that this was something, to be honest, uh, you know, in my family, and this was a big hurdle because in my family, we did, we, my dad had this big wall to foster. My parents, like fostering and adoption was not a, and I I feel almost like it's embarrassing to say this, but um, within our our families and extended, like fostering and adoption wasn't a positive thing. Um, It was just linked to a lot of negativity. This is going to like, you know, really cause you a lot of pain. This is going to be, you don't want to be sad or these kids are going to be angry at you. And I feel like it took me years to get to this point to actually even consider uh, you know, taking in kids because of how I grew up with this mentality of like, you don't want to take in kids like this. So literally, um, it was God, like it was literally when you start praying and every Sunday I would be like, God, are you calling us to this? And I finally felt one Sunday, the Lord say, go forth. And I literally was so excited. Like I, I, it was this, like, I was scared. I was so scared, but I had this peace. Like I was excited as well to explore. And I think one of the things is like, you just don't know if it's a fit unless you try it out. Like that's just kind of how sometimes life is, is you don't know if, if it's the right thing until you take a step. And the awesome thing with safe families is you try it out. You can tell them like, Hey, I want like a short term thing and just try it out and just see um, if this is something God's calling you. And you will know like when, you know, it, it just will, I feel like, Sometimes in the action is when God kind of speaks to us or even like talking to, um, and I'll share that later, but talking to one of the representatives from Safe Families and just kind of seeing like if this is a good fit for your family. But it's just very, it's just so different than foster care for sure. So it's, yeah, it's been a blessing. Thank you for your honesty with that. I think that's probably really relatable to a lot of people. (laughs) I think sometimes we think like, with a lot of discernment, regardless, I mean, especially with this, but with other things too, it's like, well, if I don't know right away, then, you know, it must not be the right thing. But sometimes like things take time, like you said, and it's okay if it takes years to, you know, work through certain things. And um, I'm curious though, like what has been, you spoke about your daughter, like what's been the impact on you and your husband and your marriage? And, um, and also with the let, like with the saying goodbye, was that hard for like the two of you together? Did you handle it differently? I'm curious about that. Yeah, that's this is so good. I feel like we're all chatting, you know, uh, over some coffee, which we are. We have our little drinks, my water. But yeah, this is just fun girl chat. So yeah, your first question is how how did it how was it with the marriage? You know, I really feel it was really cool because when we had the kids, I just saw again you see new sides when you're serving. And I saw a side of how I said my daughter that I would have never saw. I saw a side and he gives me goosebumps, but I saw a side of Phil 
that I hadn't really saw. And it was just like this protector role of him bringing the kids. Like he kind of left for work to both of us to pick the kid up like 10 minutes. Like we met in the Walmart pick parking lot to get the kids sign off something. Um, and then we brought him home and just seeing how protective he was, like, are you guys good? And when he came home, like just picking up the kids, like treating those kids as if they were our own, you know, like loving them. And he would just throw one of the girls up over and over again. And she was laughing and just, she was so happy and he was like feeding her and just the way like he cared so much and that we both cared and it was like a lot of work but it's like every evening we were just like wow we did it like we got to serve and we talked about I feel like God really stretched us in that way because to be honest we were not used to waking up at five in the morning every day um you know and <laughs> and we were just like we have a seven-year-old so you know it just we kind of have our nights um yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so that was an adjustment but seeing how he was like no you get some rest even if he had to work that day and he's like i'll take care of this girl at five in the morning and she ate a lot first thing in the morning she was ready to go and literally yeah she would have I'm she would keep eating like she would not stop for an hour and that's just kind of and I mean I promise we fed her like all through the day it was just crazy I'm like wow she just kept eating that was her meal of the day was breakfast um so anyways and he did that and it was just so beautiful to see um You know, and I feel like, yes, it did make you excited to achieve another pregnancy. And it does, it it does have that desire. But I think that's good. I think that's good to keep. Sometimes I think we can lose hope. I think the danger is when you kind of just lose the hope of like, you know what, I don't want kids. I'm okay without kids. I think that resentfulness when you get to that point, that's kind of where it's like, ooh, you've kind of, you know, but I feel like to have that desire of like, Lord, I still want to have, I'm still open. I feel like that's a healthy place to be. And I feel like when we did Save Families, it actually gave us a desire to have a child um, and to keep working on that way, whether it's you know, we're still believing that the Lord's going to bless us with another child. But even if it was adoption, I feel like it's so beautiful to see God working and not to be afraid. I think there's so much, I, I was so afraid that doing safe families would make me like, basically I would be crying every day because we don't have our own. Like, honestly, that was like the biggest thing. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to be crying every day because this kid is going to remind me that I don't have my own. And it didn't, it just was not, uh, it, it, that again, I feel like there's those fears, like, and if it's okay to share something like this was kind of the thing that really, uh, got me to want to do safe families was actually what my father-in-law said. Cause I remember when we were in California, um, And this was like a year before we did Safe Family. So it was always kind of in our mind to do something like foster adoption, you know, things like that. And I remember talking, and he's a very faithful, like, Christian, and he prays over people and stuff. But anyway, so we were talking in the living room, and I said, 
you know, I said, I'm, I'm really afraid to foster and adopt. And I said, I'm like, I know God's calling and, and that's very biblical, like take care of the unborn, take care of the most needy. And he said, Natalie, and I, I will always remember sitting in the living room, in his living room and him looking and looking at me in, in my eye and him saying like, the devil is going to fill you with so many fears that you are not ready. You like are not going to be good enough. This is just going to like give you more pain. Uh, He said the devil is going to remind you of everything because he does not want you to take in children. He does not want children to be in safe homes. He does not want children to be in Christian homes where like the love of Jesus, where the Bible is going to be taught because he knows that that can break the chains, like literally, you know, um, and he started crying and then I started crying and we were both crying. Cause he's like, Natalie, you and Phil are just such, and it gives me tears now, but just the way he affirmed, like, he's like, you both are just such loving people. And like, you both are Christian and you love Jesus. Like you guys are going to be fine. And Again, having another friend of like, wow, you guys are going to be great. And just having that community to remind you that you've got this, like you can do this and we're supporting you meant everything. And it was just reminded me that, wow, I'm letting fear, so much fear keep me from serving because I don't want to fail and I don't want to be hurt and like, I don't want to be uncomfortable so that did it for me. That did it for me. And yeah, a year later, um, that's when we started kind of looking into things a little more with safe families. And um, and it was really good. We just had a, we're currently taking a little break um, just to kind of look into my own fertility stuff and do tests and things like that. So um, we're kind of taking some time off, but we continue to pray for the children. And I feel like it is. It's like taking care of the children is it's just it is. It's just such great work. Um and yeah, it's it's something that I will never forget. Uh and I guess like it's really neat because not only are you helping the children, but you're also praying for the mom. Yeah. And she needs support. And so I would text pictures to the mom like she's you know your daughter is safe she's okay she misses you but like she's okay she's safe and like so it was it was really good and um I guess just one more thing that comes to mind that we did that was so powerful going with the whole thing of like breaking chains so you know God wants us to like like we have the authority to pray and to um like cast out demons and things like in Jesus name. And every kid that walked through our door, like we would bless with holy water, you know, we put holy water, we would pray the rosary out loud, like literally, I would pray over the child. And I would just say, Lord, uh, we rebuke any type of evil generational curses. Um, We rebuke like any anger, because a lot of kids come with anger. And that's a really, we could do a whole nother podcast on that on like, Mm -hmm. how does something like this stretch you? But 
being around that anger was I had to get over that but just I would just rebuke it because you know and I would just ask for the Holy Spirit to cleanse them I asked I like told I like follow them around and just said who's this picture Jesus Mary so and just like and the first children we took care of it was you know it was like I I think it was like two weeks but I mean, you could do so much within one night, two weeks of caring for children and like breaking those chains um, and just praying. Like I literally, I, I just, I remember getting goosebumps all over when I started praying in that way because I felt something break. I did. Like I felt, um, I felt something shift. Like I just felt like the Holy Spirit moving in their life and I would never, I'll never know um, because I'm, I don't see them again, but I, I'm, sometimes you never know the impact, but you got to trust that when you pray for those children and you break anything that is not of God, that that has power and that God will be with them. And, and you just pray that like, once you give those kids back that they, yeah, that they, that they will be moved. But definitely when we, I think answering um, Ali, your question of like giving back the kids, like my husband was okay with that, but I, I was the one, and I don't know, this could be because, I, you know, being a woman, but picking them up and dropping it off was, it was really hard because mm-hmm. you don't know what kind of kids you're going to get when you pick them up. And then when you drop them off, it's like, you miss them. You, you do. You're like, oh my gosh, we gave so much for two weeks and now we have to give them back. And you feel like, a little empty when you come home because you're used to, but I don't know, you just like seeing them run to their mom. And that's what we saw. Like every time you drop them off, you're not dropping them off. So they go to another foster. I mean, sometimes they go to another host home, but we got to see them go to their mom. So seeing them like run to their mom and the mom give them a big hug, that was worth it. It was sad. It's normal to be sad, but it was good. But yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's hard. Again, it does take those like two days to process, but then you're fine. You're, you know, yeah. Yeah. There's so much there, Natalie. Thank you so much for this just beautiful witness. And I feel like we could dig a whole lot more into what you said. We were just running out of time, but just, um, how beautiful it is when we do, cause I know like, for me and my husband, like I haven't really gotten to see him be a father. And I think that's part of what, you know, we grieve is that we don't get to kind of become that and see our husband become that. But it's just beautiful to hear you say that, like, even as you're dealing with secondary infertility, that there's more, like there's always more because God is just infinite you know and that we're like reflections of him and that there's always just more to be like discovered and developed in our own personalities and in our home and like what you got to see with your daughter forming like a little community of children with the other and because they too have these gifts like the the gifts that children have to give it's just really beautiful and then the gift of your family's witness to the child because I mean, when we've been blessed with, like, a peaceful home, I feel like we do have, you know, a calling and responsibility to share it with others. Um, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's just really beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I feel like you summarized it perfectly. Yeah, I feel like I just Oh my gosh, I went on and on because I felt like, oh my gosh, it just all like came out. I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel like it came out. But yeah, Cassandra, yeah, thank you. That was really good. You summarized it so, so well. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, such a gift. Thank you so much, Natalie, and just so encouraging. You have such a gift for encouraging others. Yeah, that's true. For sure. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so just to kind of close out, any. Uh, final words from you, Natalie, and then also how can people find out more? Like where can they go to? Yes. So there is a website, Safe Families, even if you Google just Safe Families, but I will provide that link. And uh, the website is really helpful because you will see all the locations that are all over the United States. So they have little dots of where it is, but it's all over the U.S., which is really nice. And what I did was just call the number of that chapter. That was like the first step to just say, hey, what's my first step? And just to kind of talk it out too, like, hey, we're just beginning. We don't know if this is for us, but like, can you tell me more? And they are happy. I remember I was like an hour to two hours with that lady. She shared so much information <laughs> And it was, it was really good. It was really, it was nothing. There was no like huge hoops. A a, a big part was just like waiting on like fingerprints, but it was just really pretty easy to, to get through everything. So. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we'll definitely include uh, that link in the show notes and anything else that you provide. And I know I speak for everybody when we say we're excited for the next time you come on. (laughs) Oh, yes. It's always a blessing. Talk about pets next time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Natalie has a puppy, so we will have to have you back to talk about (laughs) pets and the joy they bring to our lives because we were all talking about that earlier. So stay tuned, listeners. Um, But thank you, listeners, for joining us for this episode. And as always, just know that you're not alone, um, that we're here. Reach out to us on our website if you want to have someone pray for you or just talk to a team member. Um, We're always happy, happy to walk alongside you. So we'll look forward to seeing you next time on the Springs in the Desert podcast. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. If you have a minute, please rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and hear about more things that we have going on. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we.